Black Female Project. My name is Dana Fitchett. I am 33 years old. Today is January 10th, 2018, and we are in San Francisco. Um, My relationship to Regina is that we know each other through the Black Female Project, and I... Uh, we've we've only known each other remotely up to now by way of um, some editing work on her story submission. Hi, my name is Regina Jackson. I'm 55 years old. Today is January 10th, 2018. Location is San Francisco. And my relationship to Dana is through the Black Female Project. So, Regina, who are you? I am a servant leader, but... By way of title, I'm the president and CEO of the East Oakland Youth Development Center. I'm a cheerleader for my community, and I'm the mother of two adult sons. Beautiful. Um, Can you share with me what your definition of what it means to thrive professionally is? Thriving is when you're getting some impact out of the work you're doing, uh, when it catapults you to continue Uh, to see more vision, more possibility for the work that you're doing and the people that you can touch. That's thriving for me. Beautiful. Can you share a little about um, how the writing process uh, kind of impacted you positively or otherwise in terms of what it felt like to to bring your story to, to kind of writing and publishing ready? So the project turned me on my head. Um, and always good. Mm. So having me relive experiences around sexual harassment and discrimination and racism and all of those things that have helped to build me into the strong woman that I am, mm-hmm. um, the experience told me that I really did need to go ahead and write my book. Mm. That, um, But before I went to writing my book, that I probably should be a little bit more thought partner-ish, and it's interesting because since that time, I became a Huffington Post writer, and so I started writing. This year, I'm going to finish my book, Um, and I sought to serve on more panels, really just kind of sharing the wisdom of what I've learned over the years, whether it's focused on youth leadership, on females, on mental illness, you know, uh, diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. I did not fully appreciate that my journey has been so extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Mm. And so writing this um, really helped to illuminate all of that Mm -hmm. and let me know that my story could inform Mm -hmm. the world. Yeah, that's so powerful. I mean, that's incredible that you started writing for the HuffPost and that you'll finish your book this year. I had none of that, and that's amazing. (laughs) just makes me beam clearly um and also hearing you say um kind of how you didn't realize your story was so could be so impactful is something that I being in the seat of editor um for all of these stories have heard black women say over and over and over again because we normalize what our lives are and Mm -hmm. don't remember that not everybody goes through all these things so um yeah thank you for that that's and I forgot to add one thing Mm -hmm. I did a TED talk earlier well, last year. Wow. And so, again, that's another mm-hmm. just different frame of storytelling, yeah, right? That's great. Well, that's, it's connected to um, the next question that I was going to ask you, which is what's changed for you since okay. you started sharing and writing your story. So, obviously, some of that is what's changed. But if you could share a little bit more about um, maybe how some of those things have impacted you personally, um, 
Yeah. Sure. Um, so some of the things that have changed in addition to really focusing more on drawing and sharing my impact with others. Um, I got an honorary PhD. Wow. I did the TED Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really been looking at making my stage much more grand mm-hmm. um, because when you work in a community-based organization, you feel the weight of the world mm-hmm. on the front line, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't oftentimes have an opportunity to amplify your message. Right. And so that's really what has significantly changed. I also did a a sabbatical. Mm. And so I have reframed, actually I've defined what Mm self-care really looks like for me. Mm. So that's a big, big deal for me as well. And um, then I also uh, became a Robert Woods Johnson um, research leader. Mm. And finally, I am on the police commission, something that I wanted to do because I recognized you know, fairly soon I'll be making some transition. Mm-hmm. I've been in my position 24 years. Wow. And um, my goal to protect the most vulnerable populations is it's bigger than East Oakland. It's bigger than Oakland. Mm-hmm. But when we look at a brand new police commission and what that can look like, um, I, I feel like it's the same model with a young person. You don't know what you can't do. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the commission, you know, around accountability and reform, we don't know what we right. can't do. But right. I've got a few good ideas. Wow. Wow. That's amazing, Regina. I, Thank you. I, I can't. I, I think I let out a little, like, chuckle when you said the last thing, not because of what the last thing was, but because I, I don't know how you're doing all of these things um, while running a thriving organization. So. Well, thank incredible. you. Incredible. Um, and this is the question about what words of wisdom you would share with your 18-year-old self. So I didn't know when we said, you know, three words, mm-hmm. if you were focusing on the eat, pray, love kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So initially I thought, well, lead, love, and serve, mm-hmm. right? But hearkening back to my TED Talk, I think it would be take risk, transform. Beautiful. Thank you. That's beautiful. The community that I've called home for the last 24 years is is extraordinary, it's authentic, it's beautiful, but it also is surrounded by gang violence and trauma. And, you know, we're in the middle of a food desert, yet there's alcohol stores on every Mm -hmm. block. And so young people are really um, having to navigate trauma-filled streets in order to get to an organization like ours where we can not only develop their social and leadership capacities, but perhaps tell them for the first time that we expect them to succeed and Mm -hmm. that we need them to succeed. Mm -hmm. And so my staff and I, 50 weeks out of the year, are really focused on character-based leadership, on uh, cascading mentoring, on a lot of youth-led initiatives in order to put young people in positions to lead so that they understand what that looks like and how it feels and to recognize that it's not anything to be fearful of, but Mm -hmm. to gravitate toward uh, so that they can be the change that they want to see. It's part of why I've been there so long. I refused to sign a five-year contract when I first started, not thinking that I would be there. (laughs) And it has been the place that helped me to raise my children. Mm -hmm. It has been the place that has helped me raise 
thousands of children as a partner with families and sometimes uh, as a leader for those that didn't quite know how to parent. Mm. Structure and discipline are really, really important, particularly in an underserved environment because sometimes young people are raising themselves. Mm -hmm. And so um, they actually gravitate towards structure and discipline um, because it gives them some finite, you know, rights and wrongs. And for some, we're giving them the very first senses of, you know, work ethic um, of, you know, for lack of a better term, Emily Postish things, you know, mm-hmm. the, the power of thank you and please, right, mm-hmm. um, of teaching them how to move out of survival mode and into a trusted um, and nurturing environment and understand that if that's not what they come from, that it exists. Mm-hmm. And then when we look at, you know, taking them on field trips or college tours across the country or even to China or Haiti, which I've done recently, um, letting them know that they can be global citizens mm-hmm. and that while they're poor, might not be as poor as some other poor, mm-hmm. um, they don't need to use that as a crutch perhaps more as a tool to push them forward, to recognize that they can do anything they want to do. It doesn't matter where they come from and that somebody's always going to have their back. That who That's who EOIDC is mm-hmm. for young people. And recently, we finished $11.5 million um, capital renovation and expansion campaign. So what they have to walk into is mm-hmm. more of a palace, something that they're deserving of. Yeah. Absolutely. That's beautiful. <laughs> that that power of, um, I mean, the power of travel, the power of seeing places is something that I just wish every person could have. And the power yeah. of, um, I think a lot about the place where I grew up where I didn't see anybody who looked like me succeeding or being in power or anything like that. And my mm-hmm. imagination was so limited. Sure. Um, and, you know, education Helped me with that a little bit when I got away to college, but truly moving from Boston to Oakland at 29 years old, I still realized just how embedded my um, my false ideas about myself were, even mm. at that age. You know, so um, it's incredible that the kids have that opportunity through the center. Yeah. They, I mean, they don't know how hungry they are. Mm-hmm. Until we show them some stuff, they're like, I right. want more. Right, right. And you can't be what you can't see, truly. That's so right. to, to be able to get into those spaces where they can see themselves reflected in whatever it is that they're seeing. So mm-hmm. beautiful. So in terms of the work, um, I come from servant leaders. And I know that there is no end to my capacity to learn or lead. Um, I think that Perhaps the biggest thing, and we talk about this, is that you don't know how strong you are until you are challenged. Mm -hmm. And while I get to see eyes just light up every single day, I mean, I can see my legacy in Mm -hmm. action. Um, The challenges I'm able to face with a new frame, and it's what I talk to the kids about, you know, fear factor and and you know, making sure that their fears can't define them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's nothing that I've wanted for my life that I haven't achieved yet. And I continue to reframe the goal so that once I achieve that goal, I make a new one. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want for all my kids. Mm -hmm. 
And it's it's really a stage-based experiential mm-hmm. evolution um, because I was not born in the community that I serve. Mm-hmm. I came from a two-parent mm-hmm. home, you know, mm-hmm. very solid and all. Um, and what I've been able to teach our young people is that, you know, no matter the frame of family, nobody succeeds by themselves. Mm-hmm. But you can succeed even if you haven't seen anyone else do it. Right. And, you know, the hood disease or complex, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder is real. Real. And uh, our young people have to learn that impulse control is typically the thing that keeps them alive, Mm -hmm. having to be able to move quickly. But it is also the thing that they've got to manage, um, you know, when when necessary. Mm Health is not just about the men- the the frame, mm-hmm. you know, your body. It's it's mental, and you've Absolutely. got to be in touch with that because, man, you know, all the things that you're going to face, just like you said, you know, you can be bawling about. They can be your undoing, mm-hmm. or you can flip them mm-hmm. and let them be your source of inspiration. Yeah, yeah, and that is. You know, I think about what a life without struggle would even mean. And like, oh I don't goodness. want one. No. <laughs> you know, I don't want that. We only learn by failure. Right? We only learn by falling, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we learn the source of our real strength by how we get up. Yeah. And it's that, that double-edged sword of, you know, the pain is also mm-hmm. what gives us the, the glory ultimately. How so. about that? Look, I was bullied. You know, I I was picked on. I was I was that girl. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a cheerleader, but had my team, well, a couple people conspire against me being in the picture. I mean, all those things, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you fall down, you get up, right? Mm-hmm. And the deal for my families is that they're already down in many instances through no fault of their own. You know, oftentimes the ghosts that are in their homes are... You know, family members, their alcoholism, there are all kinds of other things. And so it is in the challenge that you must find a way to break through or break out. Sometimes you got to leave. You know, you, you can't go there without leaving here. Um, but you also have to recognize that in most instances, you should not and could not and would not do it all by yourself. Um, and so being able to develop and design resources and not have anybody have to pay for them mm. and not feel beholden to or less than, that is the impetus that I strive um, to seed plant in everyone so that they understand mm. this, this can be mine. Mm. And then hopefully I'll go out there and share it with others. Because my own story... Um, is the story of the East Oak and Youth Development Center. I mean, there are some punchlines and different experiences, but let me tell you, in 24 years of running it and in 35 years of being connected to it, Mm. Regina Jackson and EOIDC, I am what I do. So, yeah, being able to tell that story, and there are some some goodies Mm. and some real tough stuff, Mm. yeah, that's why I've got to tell it. Can't wait for the book. Uh, you you have to create um, a way to refresh, right? And um, because if you allow 
all your energy to leave, then you're no good to yourself or anybody else. And this work is heavy lifting mm. all the time. Um, so one of the first things I did, you know, I started bringing my kids. They were two and six when I took over. So they pretty much lived with me at the, mm -hmm. at the center. Um, I kind of decided since my husband wasn't very supportive of my work, mm -hmm. we just kind of detached him. Mm -hmm. um, sad, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then I turned my bedroom into kind of a little bit of a home theater, kind of my little oasis. Um, and so I would go in there and watch movies and stuff when I just needed to unplug. Um, as I've gotten older, you know, I've, I've given myself permission to take trips and, you know, mm -hmm. that's whether it's to Monterey or like I said, I just flew in from Cabo last night. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's massage, it's, uh, acupuncture, it's, it's therapy, um, it's getting your hair done mm. rather than doing it yourself. Mm. It's giving yourself permission to get that manicure, that pedicure. And, um, you know, I think that we throw away a lot of money mm. uh, on a lot of stuff that we don't value or don't need. Or, And if we can look at it as I'm worthy, I'm worth it, mm -hmm. and carve out special things that we can do for ourselves once a month. You know, um, a manicure, you you can do it. I mean, it depends on what your valuation is. Um, oh, and I've started going to dinner or lunch or coffee with friends, mm. you know, that I've had for 30 years. I, I It's an investment in me mm -hmm. to hear how other people are doing. I feel like my, um, my self-care practice is very much, I've been indulging in my self-care practice for the past three years. Uh, Moving to Oakland was part of my self-care practice. Good for you. Um, I felt completely isolated in Boston in many ways for what I looked like, for the ways I think, um, for the way I want my life to be. So disconnecting from the on-the-ground work that I was doing there, I was working primarily in and around schools, organizing with families for fair education for their kids. Um, and I completely detached from that since I got here because I got so fried um, from banging up against walls constantly and being really trivialized because I was just way too radical for Boston. So the past three and a half years have been spent um, still in a form of fight. I, I focus much more on my art life right now, but I, I create dance work um, with a group of black women. And that's a site of resistance, but also a site of real nourishment for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm at a point where I feel like my um, my self-care journey is great and in a good place. And I'm like very thirsty for more on the ground work now. So it's I feel like for me, it's really a push pull and it doesn't mm -hmm. stay the same always like wh where I'm at with how much I indulge my self-care versus how much I fight. Mm -hmm. um, and part of the fight is self-care. I mean, I yeah. work six, seven days a week. Yeah. You know, so it's nice when you can take a couple of days mm -hmm. off because that's a lot of work. But the work fuels you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much, Regina. It's Thank been a you. pleasure to talk with you. I nice appreciate meeting you, you being Dana. here and with your time. Thank you. Thank you. We would like to thank our sponsors, Che Abram, Fern Stroud with BlackVines.net, 
Holly Babe, Faust, and Janet Stone, who are donors and supporters of the project, Yuju Ho, Melody Fuller with Oakland Wine and Food Society. You too can learn how to become a sponsor. Please go to blackfemaleproject.org. Again, that is blackfemaleproject.org. <laughs>